This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 149. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Bell. Adam Bell, joining you here today. Good to see you, Peter. Good to see you, Adam. How have you been? Uh, I've been doing well. Um, Had a nice little time away to catch some fish, and um, had a good... It's good to get away. The uh, Macarudas? Out of what? Macarudas? Macarudas? Bacaruda. Oh, Bacarudas. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, I think it was an ad for the, for the, uh, the car. Was it the Dodge Barracuda? Uh, uh, it was a Chrysler. Chrysler, okay, mm-hmm. close enough. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, and Same it was—I yeah. uh, I remember when my, my parents used to listen to Solid Gold Oldies on Saturday nights, <laughs> and they sometimes would have old advertisements mm-hmm. from the same time period mm-hmm. and i remember once was a um, an ad for the i thought it was dodge but whatever you know barracuda mm-hmm. but the guy couldn't say it he said he kept on saying bacaruda bacaruda <laughs> and so the you know the, it's supposed to be like they're pretending to record this radio commercial and he's mm-hmm. like you know the new dodge bacaruda and he's like no it's barracuda he says but but i i can't say bacaruda <laughs> and he says, okay, just listen, just do it like this. Say ba, ba, ra, ra, ku, ku, da, da. Put it all together and what do you have? Ba, ba, ra, ra, ku, ku, da, da. So apparently you were, you were fishing for ba, ba, ra, ra, ku, ku, Well, and, you know, I honestly... Um, I didn't know fishing for barracuda was a thing. Um, I mean, you can fish for anything, but it's kind of like fishing for sharks. I mean, how useful is that going to be? You're going to get them as close to the boat as you can, and then you're going to cut the line. You're not going to haul them in. (laughs) So, so I kind of thought the same thing with barracuda, but actually you can eat barracuda, uh, with a caveat not that sounds tasty is that a side dish well, yeah with, with a side of caveat <laughs> <It's an> <laughs> yeah but so uh barracuda will eat on the reef and sometimes the things that they eat on the reef are toxic to humans uh-huh. uh, and then if you eat a fish that's be, been eating toxic things and i'm not talking about waste i'm talking about like you know, like a sea urchin has poison in it or, you know, things like that. Blowfish. Blow. Yeah. So if it, if it has a diet of poisonous things, then we eat the fish that's been eating the poisonous things. It's not good. So poisonous things. mm -hmm. So, but the area that we were in the Barracuda are safe to eat because they, their diet is fair is not, poisonous things it's little fish and things like that and so they'll actually eat them when we were in the bahamas and we were on the grand um grand bahama island the east side of that gotcha Uh, so they said well we're you know let's go fishing for barracuda and i was like yeah you know 
okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we got out there and the little ones were two feet long. The big ones were four to five feet long. And so you cast this, uh, this tube out there. It's like a little plastic tube. It's probably close to 12 inches long and it's got treble hooks on one end and treble hooks in the middle. What's a treble hook? A uh, three hook, a tri hook. So you, you take that thing and you, well, of course you see where there's barracuda cause the water is clear and you can see them. And so you look for them and you throw the lure way past them as far as you can hurl that thing and you reel it in as fast as you can possibly reel it in. And they think it's a fish and their instincts are going to grab it. And, and it was the most fun. So the first one I caught, I threw it out there and it went way, way, way past. And I'm, I'm reeling back as fast as I can. And like four of them are going swarming in on it. And then this one just comes out of nowhere and slams it and bang. And the fish comes out of the water, flapping and flopping. And I was like, this is awesome. I love catching barracuda. <laughs> so, but then we, we bring him to the, to the boat and, and they're going to, they're um, like, our guide is going to take it to people and they're going to eat it. We're not going to eat it because uh, they they don't let the tourists eat stuff like that that could potentially be poisonous, even though it's not poison, but, but right. yeah, they're not going to poison us. <laughs> so oh, we just uh, work here so we can eat this stuff all day. Yeah. We can eat this stuff all day. We have workers so, comp. <laughs> yeah. So he brings it to the side of the boat and proceeds to give the Barracuda a headache. <laughs> with a, <laughs> yeah. With a two by four, that's pretty heavy. And I was going to have a baseball bat, but okay. And I, I thought that he was going to take it off the hook, but no, he, he, he did take it off the hook and he put it in the back of the boat to eat later. So barracuda fishing is actually very fun and very exciting. And you sit up there and watch it and you, you can see them coming. And that's, that's the most, I don't, I mean, like deer hunting. I don't really care for deer hunting because you're not hunting a deer. You've mm -hmm. set up where a deer is going to walk past you for whatever reason. You're waiting for a deer. You wait for a deer to walk past you and then you shoot it. <laughs> it's kind of like trapping a deer, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, kind of waiting for it. Yeah. So, you know, I fed that deer all summer. So now I'm going to let him walk past me and I'm going to kill him and, and I'm going to eat him. <laughs> so, so, but the barracuda was fun and I'll, I'll come back to the sharks because I did not know the Bahamas is a shark sanctuary and there are all kinds of sharks there. Our, our very first day we saw a nurse shark. I guess I'm going to talk about sharks. Uh, <laughs> our, we saw a nurse shark in the shallows where we were fishing for bonefish and made us pretty nervous until we got close enough to see that it was a nurse shark and know that they're, you know, they're not interested in us, nurse sharks. They're a safer shark, but they can still bite. I mean, they still have plenty of teeth that can bite. And so this one came up and we kind of made a bunch of noise and made it run off. It went back out. It came back around. And what happened was it's mating season for the nurse sharks right now. So another one came in and they, it was, it was really cool to see. And I don't, 
they their bellies turned red and normally they have a whitish silverish belly but i guess they were aroused for mating and their bellies turned red and they just rolled over and over in the water it didn't look like it was a lot of fun but they <laughs> they were very active in what they were doing okay. uh, <laughs> but it was pretty cool to see that in the wild i mean i don't just see that every day in tennessee or even in <laughs> you don't have a lot of barracudas flowing around in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Nashville. yeah yeah so so the and then so the sharks, like I said, there's a bunch. So there's lemon shark. There's what's called a black spinner, black tip spinner shark. And it's a very dark gray and it's got black tips on its, on its uh, dorsal fin and tail fin. And then when, if you catch one, it jumps up out of the water, straight up out of the water and spins. And that's how it tries to throw the hook out of its mouth. Did you get video of any of this behavior while you were doing this, this or the barracudas? I, I actually did. <laughs> I, I did videotape the uh, nurse sharks mating, and I do have a video of a black tip shark swimming uh, by the dock, and he's, he's a pretty big one. Uh, there, so I said there's lemon sharks. There are tiger sharks. We saw a tiger that was probably between seven and eight feet long. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to be in the water with that guy. <laughs> and then we saw lots of lots of the black tip uh, spinners. Uh, so they, you know, everybody's watched Shark Week. They are, um, you know, Never they're, actually seen it. They're, they're predatory and they're junk eaters. So if there's dead fish, they're going they're going to eat it. They're going to chomp it and just swallow it down. So but they'll also go after live fish and they'll go after any live fish that is upset in the water. Anything that's gonna make a splash, that shark is going to the splash and it's gonna eat whatever's splashing there. <laughs> so we were catching uh, uh, jacks and jacks are a, uh, they're a hardy, fast fish that come in schools and like a 12 inch and I mean, they're, they were gray, silver. But so we were catching them and we were having a good time catching them and our, um, our uh, guide, he was, he was casting this lure just way out. He was really just fooling around while we were, while we were catching fish. And he hooked into probably an 18 inch jack, which was huge. And then, yeah, and not a jack of hearts. They're hardy. That's, <laughs> that's they're, what I thought when you said heart, yeah, jacks and they're hardy. They're hardy. <laughs> so he hooks into this like 18 inch jack that's thick. And all of a sudden, the sharks start going after his jack. And we're trying to get the get it close enough to the boat so that they'll go away. And we want to grab the fish without losing fingers and being called stumpy for the rest of our lives. And uh, so, so that was fun. But we were bone fishing in the flats. So there's a fish called a bonefish. Uh, it learning is. all this terminology, <laughs> jacks and bonefish and treble hooks. And... <laughs> so, so the bonefish is is not an edible fish, uh, not because there's anything wrong with the meat. It just has so many little bones in it. It's not a practical fish. I mean, like if you were starving and that's the only fish you got and you cooked it over a fire, you would eat it and be spitting out bones all night, but you you could survive. I mean, it just it. wouldn't be a pleasant meal. <laughs> 
not what you you know you don't want to go out of your way to go like dining and have that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there are people that can do it but it's just not worth the trouble uh but they're a so bone fishing with a fly rod is a very technical inefficient way to catch a fish but so is trout fishing with a fly rod i mean you're the only reason you fly fish really is for the art and the enjoyment of it because it's not a very efficient way of fishing i mean even even us fishing with a rod is a very inefficient way to catch fish mm -hmm. is that how professional fishermen fish no uh no i think they usually use nets or nets or, or well they don't, professional don't use dynamite but they would use nets or traps or go where they you know go where they're big so anglers you know fishermen for fun they're really just fishing for fun and fly fishing is a very technical inefficient way to fish for fun because you can catch bonefish on a piece of shrimp in a spin rod and have a really good fight but you do it with a fly rod and you have a really good fight and it's it's fun to catch so i have no idea what all of this means but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i am in the flats and the flats are this uh section in the ocean that's probably it's up to it's a little under my knees and it's rising so the the it has a tide tide comes in tide comes out well the bonefish come in when the tide rises because they can get access to the things that aren't in the water most of the time you know to raise up they'll get into the grasses and eat the stuff in there that has gone you know gone up in there so we're in a perfect spot to catch bonefish well we see hundreds of bonefish we also see the sharks that are chasing the bonefish, they also like to eat bonefish. So, because sharks don't care about bones, they're like, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, the, 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 that'll process. <laughs> that'll pass. Sharks, right? Yeah. So, the, well, I'm out there, and my, my friend Kirk, he's out there too, and we're probably a hundred yards apart. And, I'm at this channel, uh, it's, it's not really, it's just a little bit deeper spot close to the mangrove. And it's created this channel where the bonefish are running up it and the shark are running up it. So the shark keep coming closer to me. And what I do is I take my rod and smack, hit it real hard on the water. It makes a real loud noise, the shark doesn't like it. He kind of, yeah, what? And then spins off. And of course, if I scare the shark, Obviously, I've scared the bonefish. The bonefish, yes. So I can't do this too much. I want the shark to stay away, but I don't want the bonefish to stay away. And so I'm hanging out there, and this shark keeps getting closer and closer. And finally, I, I get irritated, and I smack the water one more time, and, and he, and I don't know what I was thinking, but I shook the rod, and that looked like a fish that was agitated and then he starts coming straight at me instead of looping away and runs me out of the water i i, I backed off into the uh mangrove so that i was not in the water anymore <laughs> with is, him is a mangrove anything like a woman grove or just one <laughs> 
<laughs> all these new terms. <laughs> so mangrove is a type of tree. Uh, if you've ever seen like movies in Louisiana where these trees and then all these roots are pushing down into the water and, and it looks like they're all mounted up on the roots and the trees are up there. That's okay. a mangrove. That's a mangrove. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So the, and where I was, the mangrove was um, a little bit back and I was, you know, I was able to get onto rocks so that I was not in the water with the shark anymore. And he came all the way to the rocks before he decided to turn back around. <laughs> Okay. All right. And well, you know, I still cast some more. I caught another fish. And then I was like, I think I'm ready to get in the boat now. <laughs> you know what was dinner? Yeah. What was funny is my friend Kirk was experiencing the same problems that I was facing, except he was in the water a hundred yards from the ground <laughs> and the boat. So he was getting ready to, I mean, the shark kept coming around him and he was getting ready to turn the rod around and, and hit the, hit shark. Him at the butt end, yep. you know, to get him to go away. <laughs> you know? I hear so, that if you punch a shark, they go away. Yeah. Yeah. So he, if he was going to get closer, he was going to punch him. So that's why you see uh, dolphins often wear boxing gloves. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it is about dolphins, they will run off sharks. Yep. You know what else dolphins will do? They'll run off all the fish you want to catch too. <laughs> or eat them, right? <laughs> or eat them. Yeah. yeah. I was fishing one time and I had a hole planned out where I was going to be. And I took the boat early in the morning and got there and I set up and I saw this dolphin and he's going, burr, 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 you know, eating. I was like, oh, that's cool. There's a dolphin. And I'm sitting there watching him. And I'm like, my hole is now useless because he's run all the fish out of the hole. <laughs> oh, cool. There's a competition. Yeah. Uh, so, but that was good. So I had, I had a good time. I was in, uh, I stayed at a lodge there. It was called okay. East End Lodge. They're a fishing lodge. Um, fantastic. I mean, the accommodate, it, it was really for fishermen. It was not a resort. It's not something you'd want to bring your uh, significant other as a romantic getaway un unless they like to fish. Uh, you know, cause there was a couple there that, um, he was a professional, uh, trout guide in Pennsylvania. And so they both like to fish, both like to trout fish. So they did have a good time. I mean, it, it, like I said, it wasn't a romantic getaway, but it just really depends on how you define a romantic getaway, getting away by yourselves and having good dinner and good entertainment. I mean, <laughs> if that's your thing, I mean, it sounds yeah. like so it certainly sounds like fun from the way you've described it. Mm -hmm. And there was so much solitude. That's what I really enjoyed. When we got out there, uh, when we were out in the ocean fishing, there, there were no cars. I didn't hear any interstate. <laughs> Not there, a lot of cars out on the ocean? No. There, you, we really didn't hear um, a lot of other boats. There were other boats, but there wasn't a lot of uh, plane traffic either. Oh. So it was just really, really quiet. And, and we are out in the ocean, but in a lot of cases, it's, you know, two feet deep. Mm -hmm. Or you know, there's some places where we're in deeper channels because uh, those islands are all made up of old coral reef. Okay. So there are a lot of flat spots. And then there are also deep spots and holes in the reef. Coral, that was the name of the kid on Walking Dead, right? Walking Dead. I don't know. I didn't watch that. 
Oh, the the joke is the the main character's son's name is Carl. Carl. But but he <laughs> always pronounce it Carl. Coral. Yeah. Coral, my son. Coral Reef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all. That's all I did last week. And and I did that all. That's what I did all week. Fish all week. I caught all kinds of fish. I caught, I mean, I can, I can make up some names, but I, I mean, I caught, and you wouldn't know, <laughs> but yeah, I caught triggers. Yeah. For all I know, you have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we caught trigger fish we caught grouper we caught snapper uh we caught things called pogies I, we caught popeyes everything that we caught uh with the exception of grouper um i'd never caught before i mean i caught snapper not that particular snapper i've caught jacks not that particular jack but Never well, and we did catch sharks. We did. Did you did you use spinach as bait for the Popeyes? For the Popeyes, no, they uh, they they didn't require spinach. I guess the shrimp oh. maybe ate the spinach, and they went after the shrimp. Uh, I figured. Well, I figured if you did too, they might also be starting to get pretty strong and big. So <laughs> yeah, yeah they might come out and whoop us. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. <laughs> So, well, that's it. That's, that, that was a good vacation. Cool. I would go back. So if you ever, if you ever want to go away for a few days fishing, I'd, I'd go there with you. Oh, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what we'll do. So I'm curious, <laughs> what was the, uh, what was the mask activity like? So coronavirus in, masks and stuff in the Bahamas, they're still fully masked everywhere, indoor, outdoor, anywhere um it's a 200 250 fine or jail time if you are in public without a mask now when we were on the resort and when we were fishing uh we weren't wearing a mask but if we were off of the resort then then we were required to wear a mask um and we had so to get in to the bahamas um you could come with a COVID vaccination, but you didn't have to have a negative test. But to get back to the United States, you had to have a negative test within uh, three days of returning to the United States. So fortunately, the lodge where I was staying, they were a testing center. So they were able to just test okay. us right there and we come back with our test results and, and come on back home. But yeah, it's still cool. It's still uh, squirrely out there, um, yeah. but they. Yeah, well, well, I mean that's the thing. It's like it's, uh, so. I just submitted uh, today's the final day of my critical inquiry class, mm -hmm. and so I submitted my paper on you know like the causes of vaccine hesitancy, mm -hmm. and um, so I was you know very happy to see this done. As I expected, it was one of the you know most difficult classes because the teacher is really excellent and makes you work. Yeah. Um, I haven't got my final grades yet, but I'm pretty sure I got an A. I just got a, I got a 100 on the draft of my final paper and I got a 99 on the final paper. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'll take that. And you know, that's like 20% of my grade and I've been rocking a 98 or something like that up until now. So mm -hmm. pretty sure I got an A. Um, but you know, I pointed out in my research, like vaccines need to be, in the high 90s percent to be effective 
to get herd immunity, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you've got like 10% not vaccinated, you can still have outbreaks. Mm -hmm. And and remember that the vaccines are only like 90% effective, right? So last I checked, and this number may have changed in the past week or so, but we were at overall in the United States, 50% fully vaccinated. That's far cry from the high 90s. And yet everybody is like, you know, here in in, in, um, Massachusetts, I'm still seeing a fair amount of masks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we're going to, buddy of mine, we're going to go running right after this and then we're going to go get lunch. I'm going to wear my mask to the restaurant. When I get up and leave, I'm going to wear my mask, even though, you know, people now, Mm -hmm. like even I know some like folks with compromised immune systems, but they're all too happy just to go, "Eh, we're done. It's great. It's over. (laughs) And I'm like, so every time you go out, I have, since I, you know, role player, Dungeons and Dragons type guy here, I have my uh, 10 sided die right here. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, you know, we could just do this in D&D style and just roll this die. And, you know, there's a one in 10 chance that when you go out and get exposed to someone's COVID, you could catch it still. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What'd you get? I'm infected. You got COVID. <laughs> 10. There you go. That's the one in 10 right there. 10 out of, you know, 10. So, like, you know, that's just it. There's a, you know, you couldn't have made a better example right there, you know? So that's just, you know, and people just don't seem to understand that. And we're still getting terrible messaging from the government and it's very confusing and it's like, oh, we're all dead. It's all done. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, people are shocking, but in, I just heard of, I think um, Missouri, um, mm-hmm. Missouri or Oklahoma, I forget, um, has like a really low vaccination rate so far. And people mm-hmm. are warning that we're probably going to start seeing super spreader events again. Mm-hmm. And like, get ready for the third wave, people. Mm-hmm. Just ah, it's just it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. You know, as funny as Elizabeth and I were somewhere and we were walking, and these two women walked past us, and they were they were talking to themselves, and we overheard them say, "The one woman said, oh, I just wish people." you know, I, I wish people were still wearing masks. I'm like, and she didn't have a mask on. I'm like, you, you can still wear a mask if you're concerned about other people not wearing a mask. Isn't it so <laughs> easy though, to just point the finger at other folks, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that reminds me of like issues that we're going through in work right now. My, my past week or so at, at um, when, you know, working at the hospital, has been all politics. Mm-hmm. It's all been just politics and internal arguing and fighting. You know, like I don't spend the bulk of my time protecting people's health records again, you know, against Boris. And I don't <laughs> spend the bulk of my time mentoring their staff to, you know, try to bring them up to speed so they know how to, you know, do effective detection and response. Yeah. The bulk of my time in meetings arguing why they need to be doing security best practices. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because the main antagonist to the security team there just loves at every opportunity to go out and say like, you need to do this. They're not doing this. You guys should look into why they're not doing this. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) But the moment you try to turn the mirror around and say, and what about the problems here? Well, we'll take care of that. 
<laughs> you know, it's like there's there's definitely there's a research paper involved in that. I mean, that's that's a, a great topic, which you know what? That might be for my next class because right. my next class starts in a couple of weeks and it's mm -hmm. about managing change in organization, managing organizational change. So nice. Don't be surprised if you hear about this topic once again real soon. You know, the, some of the classes that you've taken actually sound pretty interesting. And I wish that I were just better at, at some of those topics. So I will recommend to you, um, I can share with you the book that we use, the textbook mm -hmm. for this class. Mm -hmm. um, and I have been sharing it with the analysts in the, uh, in the SOC at the hospital mm -hmm. to, you know, like, guys, this is what you need to be doing. This will help you think critically. This is, you know, this is, it's not going to tell you what questions you need to ask when you are investigating an mm -hmm. event. Yeah. But hopefully it'll get your mind in the right mindset so you can start, you know, tuning your brain to ask the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I can absolutely do that. And I can also send you links to like a lot of the, the lecture, you know, source materials and stuff mm -hmm. are TED Talks and YouTube videos. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like it's copyrighted and, you know, so I can just point to you like, here you go. This is the stuff that we, you know, the, the lectures. So, yeah, uh, well, but it's really good stuff, uh, especially in this, this, this class class. Again, it's, you know, critical inquiry. It's not the kind of thing you would say like, oh, I need, I need to take a class on that to become a better uh, security guy. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you probably want to take a class on that just to become a better person. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it was a very interesting class. I'm, and it's one of the few out of the nine that I've taken so far. Uh, definitely one of the most valuable. No question. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, you know, the term autodidactic train, you know, people who train yep. themselves, you know, and, you know, and that's one of the big things that I think that I've learned over the years is how to learn. Sometimes yeah. you, sometimes you can learn on your own. Yep. Uh, but generally speaking, as social creatures, we usually learn better with others, even yep. if it's a small group of two or three people that you want to deep dive and learn something and, uh, you know, challenge one another to actually complete it, you know, accountability. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can do those things without necessarily going to college. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not, yeah. But I'm not you know, this is. It. This is one example where, you know, the, the class was valuable. And I wish yeah. that they all were like this because, yeah. frankly, three of the classes I've taken I, so far, I consider valuable. Mm -hmm. Three out of nine. That means that 66% of the time, I feel like my time here has been wasted. Yeah. Not a great ratio. You know? <laughs> it, is it because you actually have real world experience or it just you didn't need it because you already had it or it was just really not all that great combination. Most of it, like I had never taken actual classes in financial management or business law or um, social justice perspectives. Mm -hmm. Right. But the, the quality or psychology, right. The psychology class I took, it was just an intro survey, but I found it valuable Mm -hmm. um, you know, the social justice perspectives. Okay. It was interesting. Um, mm -hmm. you know, okay. You know, I'll give it that the business law class and the financial management class I took complete waste of time. Yeah. 
total waste of time. You know, like I look back, I'm like, what did I learn from these things? Mm-hmm. Nothing that I would justify the price of admission. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. It's like, ah, it's just, it wasn't that great. So. Yeah. Well, we should all be lifelong learners. Everybody should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. You know, and I yeah. think a lot of the problems that we face today are because people are closed minded and just don't want you know, they think they know everything they need to know done. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Should we move on? Yes, sir. We should. Okay. Well, I have a fun story okay. about how a $10 uh, toilet paper, paper hanger became a $50 home, not a $10 toilet paper home improvement project became a 50 plus dollar home repair project. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll include a link to this uh, toilet paper hanger that I bought. So the old ones that I had, it's, it's hard to explain, um, but, but the old ones had two posts coming out of the wall and then a bar, you know, which was, which swiveled on one end and would raise up, oh, yeah. slide the toilet paper over, and then it would slide down and hook onto the other bar, onto the mm-hmm. other post. I like well, that. That became loose. So this would come out and then it would fall down and the toilet paper would hang and roll, you know, fall and roll across the floor. And your cat would get it. Except I don't have a cat. But oh. yes, if, it, if I had a cat, the cat would definitely get it. No question. <laughs> so, you know, I've been doing like little upgrades around the house, minor things, just like, okay, this annoys me. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, let me change this and change that. Um, a couple months ago, I changed where I keep the dish drying rack from the right side of the sink to the left side of the sink. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, it's not ideal, but I don't hate my kitchen anymore. <laughs> so just, you know, little, like, how can I make this just 10% better? You know, like, what can I change? Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm sick of this stupid toilet paper hanger. <laughs> so I looked online and I found one with a phone shelf on it. It's wow. got this little shelf built just, you know, just the perfect size for an iPhone 12 Pro Max or mm-hmm. maybe slightly larger shelf. So great. And it's got toilet. Know, like, it's got charging in it too, right? It doesn't have charging in it. No, <laughs> I, I was thinking about that just as I was saying that. I was like, pulled it off the charger. I was like, yeah. um, so it doesn't, I wouldn't, I would have to like have an electrician run a cable to that there anyway. But I was like, okay, that seems like a decent little upgrade. And it's just a one hook. So there's nothing, no sliding, no lifting. And, you know, yeah. you just slide the toilet paper over. Perfect. Great. Looks great. So, I could not figure out how to get the old one off. <laughs> and I'm, you know, pulling and twisting and rotating and trying to pry. Eventually, I'd rip the first one right out of it. I'm like, well, that was, you know, in hindsight, I felt, okay, it was kind of stupid, but I would have left holes even if I had realized after I did on the second one that it just lifted up. <laughs> I still would have had holes left and I would have had to spackle over because the new one is smaller than the old one. Right. Mm -hmm. So otherwise I would have had holes. So in effect, like, but instead of being able to just use a little bit of spackle over the holes, now I needed to do a putty job Mm -hmm. to replace it. So slightly more work. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had the putty knife. I had the spackle. I didn't have the, the putty. And I didn't have a paint roller, but I did find a can of paint from the previous owner that was for the bathrooms. So Mm -hmm. all good. So I needed the putty. I needed the paint 
uh, you know, a, a roller, uh, and I needed a, uh, you know, sand, little sanding brick or sandpaper, you know, mm -hmm. for, and some tape, some scotch uh, masking tape to mm -hmm. do the trim so I didn't get that, you know, standard. I'm sure this is, to you, you're like, uh-huh, and, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is a big deal. I don't yeah. do home repair. I don't yeah. do home repair. You know what I, you know what the tool that I use to get these things done? Right here, buddy. <laughs> what I use. Yeah, this room I'm in, I made it. Yeah, this is the way. I, and listener, if you're just listening and not seeing the audio, I was holding up my phone. That's what yeah. I use for these things. So, so yeah. Um, so so it, it went actually really well. Um, I was able to spackle it all over and mm -hmm. uh, you know putty it, putty it up, mm -hmm. uh, let it dry. Took a couple days because I put a second coat. Now that I'm looking at it again, like there are some rough spots where I probably will end up going back and sanding it over again and redoing <laughs> it again. Um, but when I hung the new one up, I used the um, 3M Command double-sided Velcro stickers. Okay. So that if I didn't like it, I could just yank it Take off, it which I have already done once. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, nope, I don't like it there. Rip, replace. Yeah. You know? uh -huh. Um, and those are nice. I love those 3M command hangers. You know, mm -hmm. they can hold up to like 15, 20 pounds. Yeah. And um, they don't rip the paint off of the uh, the walls when you pull them down. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that, that was my little home repair, home, home improvement slash repair project. Nice. And, uh, it's also this week's nifty because I, I can't remember the number of times that I have walked into the bathroom holding my phone. And I'm like, now what do I do with this? Because I often am wearing shorts or uh, I have a pair of sweatpants that have no pocket. Yeah, you don't want to set then, them in your underwear. You don't want to set them on the floor. Well, especially you don't want to set them in, yeah, yeah, well, in your underwear between your legs, no. And I don't want to set it like in the sink, although no. I probably could get away with it. The phone's waterproof, but mm -hmm. I'm stick it on the back of the toilet. And it's like, now I have a nice little, okay, great. Put it down. Life is good. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I have, I have a light nifty that was really nifty for my friend Kirk. Um, while we were in the Bahamas, um, I actually got phone service while I was there. I paid Verizon, you know, just, a, it was a $10 a day to add on phone service, but he didn't add on phone service onto his, his phone. And he did not know how to send me pictures or me send him pictures and i said we'll use airdrop i don't know how to do that okay let me show you <laughs> and i sh i showed him he turned bluetooth on you don't have to use your cell signal to do airdrop mm -hmm. and immediately pictures went from my phone to his so some people probably don't know how to do that he's he's a doctor and didn't know how to do that so <laughs> so doctors <laughs> I would hazard to guess that there's a lot of things that doctors don't know how to do, but you're never going to hear a doctor tell you that. <laughs> you're talking to the guy who manages security operations. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, let that one, just let that one land. There. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. So nifty, we got nifty, command tape and everything else i think we nailed it mm -hmm. so shall we wrap it up yes sir let's wrap it up 
Well, uh, listener, if you want to get a hold of us, um, you can find us at blurringthelinespodcast.com. Uh, I am also on Twitter at Nicolaitis. Um, I'm also now on Twitter at Yoga with Peter, but I haven't posted anything there yet. So the only purpose so far of that Twitter account has been to receive spam messages and notifications. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, uh, well, of course, because you're the one sending all of these, right? Uh, I'm testing it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, you can also now find me semi-regularly at friendswithbeer.com. Cheers. Yes. Um, my friend of the show, Scott Wilsey, and I have uh, recorded a few episodes of these, and they are now starting to uh, feed out on a haphazard basis at best. Um, but, you know, good friends, good beers, mediocre conversation. It's great. <laughs> Uh, oh, we should also post a link to my um, my wings challenge. I don't know if you saw that. I did not because I was. Um, it's in my list. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll maybe we'll talk about that next time about my not the hot ones challenge. That ought to be fun. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but where can they find you, Adam? They can find me at www.sublimecomp.com or on Twitter at at sublimecomp. At 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 at, 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 at sublimecomp.com. I like it. Sounds like a Star Wars thing. At at that's that's what's funny is uh, uh, my wife was making fun of me of calling a pound sign instead of a hashtag. I was hashtag. Like, yeah, I said pound sublime comp. She's like, it's hashtag. I'm like, they're synonymous. Yeah, but it, you sound old when you say pound. <laughs> I thought that the reason we say pound is because our friends over in the UK. Yeah. Sound for them, pound, pound baby. is very different. So, and it's, cool. a di it's a different symbol altogether. It's like a, I don't know, a, a squirrely F. A squirrely L, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think it's time to take us out. And since I brought us in, I'll let you hit the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.